Welcome to Conversations in Equine Science. My name is Kate Acton and I'm joined by Nancy McLean. And this is the podcast where we take equine research and try and make it accessible to horse owners and enthusiasts alike. Remember that with each topic we discuss, it's important to get professional advice before implementing any of the strategies. This week, Nancy and I are looking at a paper that is titled Development and Evaluation of a Muscle Atrophy Scoring System, MASS for Horses. So muscle atrophy or atrophy, first of all, is um, essentially muscle wastage or muscle deterioration or muscle loss. So there's a number of different words we can use for the course of this paper, they use the medical term atrophy. So this is where a horse, due to medical reasons, due to nutrition, or even due to age, loses that skeletal muscle mass. And primarily, we've focused on body condition and using body condition scoring by looking at body fat and how much fat is present to determine the health of the horse and how lean they are. But this is another way that we can really focus in and not just look at how much body fat we manage to get off them, but how much muscle is being built as well. And it's something that in first opinion practice, I think we're more aware of in older patients because older patients do lose muscle mass. And it's something that you become more, I suppose, more exposed to seeing in older horses and certain breeds are obviously going to have less muscle mass than other breeds. But this paper is actually really nice because it looks at a way to be able to assess that muscle mass. And they use, was it 29 mares and nine geldings for the study? Um, And they had different assessors look at them and determine whether they where they fell on a scale and using the information by those evaluators or the people that were rating the horses they then determined what areas of the horse are most useful in rating this because the overall goal of this paper was to create something that can be used by everyone to date it's to be able to evaluate muscle mass you need experience You really need a veterinary professional to be able to come out and do it. So the nice part about this was just the accessibility that they're trying to create. Yep. I thought it was really a useful tool um, in our management toolbox, so to speak, to be able to assess senior horses, um, horses with PPID and other issues, but also you can assess lameness issues and how those lamenesses affect the musculoskeletal um, system in a horse. And so sometimes that little progressive atrophy, you don't pick it up with your eye. You can see uh, large scale atrophy pretty readily, but it's that little progressive stuff that comes up Um, with, say, a back-end lameness, and all of a sudden you look one day and you see that the hind end has lost 
its musculature. And I think this is an excellent scale because it's only zero to four is your rating. And this is a um, free access paper where you can download the chart for how they assess the scoring. And I thought it was very clear cut. You, it divides in lean horses. And then if you have an older horse with the little adipose tissue, um, then you use that chart. So it was very easy to learn and to use. And there's drawings that accompany it as well that make it very clear. Like taking the neck, for example, they have the lean horse. And then, as Nancy said, the horse that has that as opposed to tissue or a bit more of a crusty neck, I guess. But you can see nicely on the drawings, you know, we're seeing moderate muscle wastage or muscle atrophy. Once we start to get that kind of concave aspect on the neck of the horse, and you actually see that on quite a lot of older horses. And I wouldn't have necessarily thought, you know, you don't always compare, but I wouldn't have thought straight away that that was muscle wastage. Um, so it's interesting. It's definitely, if it happens slowly over time, it's very easy to just become accustomed to it and to miss it in your own horses. And it yeah. may be that someone else comes that hasn't been to the yard for a while or, and that could be a friend or a vet. And they look at the horse and they're like, oh, it looks like, you know, they've lost weight or they've gotten a bit bonier. And these can all kind of be signs to trigger us to think, okay, maybe we need to check and have a look and see. And pictures are so useful for that as well. Yep. I did download the chart to have out in the barn and just kind of assess my horses along with, um, I use a body weight tape which they made a good point about girth measurements. And, you know, sometimes that girth measurement can be gut fill. And so mm -hmm. you have got to be careful what time of day you use them. And also your placement that you always place them at the same location on each horse. So you can make a little note of that. But they did the muscle atrophy scoring system plus the body condition scoring, and then also the uh, crusty neck score. And they combined all that. And I thought what was pretty good is that they uh, did left side independently from right side. So that would be so useful if you have a horse that has muscle wastage on one side due to a lameness or an imbalance. And uh, anyway, it, it was, I think it's a very useful tool. One of the downsides of it is they had the majority of horses were thoroughbreds and they had been in uh, all these horses, 38 total, 16 of them were thoroughbreds. Now they were all on turnout None of them had any controlled exercise for one year. Now, we all know thoroughbreds like to run. They'll make up running games even if they're not being exercised by a human. So they probably had more muscle than what some of the other mixed breeds did. So that what they did say that was one of the downsides of the study is that they did have more thoroughbreds. But at any rate, um, the good news is that each raider was able to be trained and they all kind of agreed on the 
the rating scores that that came up with. Another um, thing that they did point out that was a limitation of the study as well is that they use the scoring system to kind of look at critical muscle atrophy. So quantifying muscle mass that is below the normally expected levels. But they said they're unsure if this would be suitable, but they think it's likely unsuitable to assess muscle atrophy in horses that normally have an above normal muscle mass. So your athletic horses that have been doing a lot of training, and as Nancy said, they may have a lameness or an injury, and then they'll have this muscle wastage, but it might not actually be perceptible using this score because they'll still have enough muscle to rate as normal, if that makes sense. It does, because I had a thoroughbred on the track that um, in just walking her in the shed row and grooming her in the stall, um, we could not tell that she had a hind in lameness because it was high in the hip area. We could only tell it when you would walk behind her with a rider on her and one hip dipped a little lower than the other hip. And that's how I detected there was some kind of imbalance going on. You could not perceive that without a rider on her or without that weight. Yeah, and I think that's where you have to, I suppose, have that relationship and know your horse because these small perceptions are only going to be picked up by the person who's spending the most time caring for the horse. You know, it's easy equally to miss the small perceptions, as we've said, where we've got that slow muscle mass wastage. But using the tools that are out there for taking and recording photos, movement, like it's so useful to create almost like a digital booklet for each horse that's in your barn or your yard. Um, as Nancy said before, she's got information for each of her horses and that's useful not only for when someone comes to look after them, but also to reflect back on yourself. You know, we should probably be at a point where we're creating these little histories to reflect back on and you know what um that's so true kate because i have only in this uh paper did you see where they measure the cannon bone circumference yeah uh, in this and i didn't quite tie that in with the body condition scoring i think they were looking for the uh fat free or the uh I, we would call it body fat composition here in the States. But um, I've only measured cannon bone circumference when I had one that had bowed a tendon and I wanted mm -hmm. to be able to keep track of the swelling in that. So I measured it. So if a weeks or, you know, days later, I thought it looked a little larger, I could pull that tape out and measure it, you know, to see. And um, that's the only time I've never really ever measured the circumference of the cannon bones before. Yeah. And I think um, that's the thing about horses. They just always, you know, they're so lean on their legs and there's such little 
muscle mass on the lower extremities, you know, comparatively to their bodies. Yeah, and you can um, you can tell swellings and all that, but um, you know, she had healed from it, so the tendon had some scar tissue in the fibers. And I mean, I still have her today. She's 21. But um, just having that measurement that if I think it's getting worse, or maybe she's torn a fiber or something, I can always pull that tape out and, and measure it. But I didn't really tie it in w with um, that body condition scoring. I They never went expounded upon that. So um, that was one thing that if I could question the researchers, I would say, you know, what was the purpose of the cannon bone? And yeah. how did it relate to um, the body condition score? Because wasn't it that the weight was inversely associated with the neck, the back and the hind muscle? Yeah. So I was looking to see, well, what was the cannon bone? related to and I couldn't find it in the paper and I went over it you know looking for and it it points out in the paper that they were using an abdominal score as well but they had to rule out abdominal scores because in this test they were basically seeing if the researchers were or the raters and evaluators were in agreement in scores because yeah. then that means that it can be used across horses but they couldn't get them in agreement when it came to the abdominal one. So, I mean, they, they did point out that they removed that, but yeah, yeah I, not sure what happened with the cannon bone. Yeah, and I really made a, a point to look for that. But at any rate, if you ever have an injury, it doesn't hurt to measure the amount of swelling uh, because, you know, you can take pictures, but you've always got to be at the same distance and angle and notate that to be able to compare it to that day. So um, that was the one of the points. And then the other one is when they came up with this, um, I guess, scale, they used the dressage papers um, muscle scale. And it was Walker et al. from 2016. And they, they did an association study of subjective muscle score with increased angles of flexion during the sitting trot in dressage horses. So what they did was adapted that study to this study and they came up with a pretty good scoring system and they did pull that abdominal rating out of there as Kate said. So, but anyway, I thought it was a, a good paper and um, I wanted to remind people on that Cresty neck score. I do one every fall and spring on my pony because of all my horses, she's the one prone to maybe getting a cresty neck. And I always take the neck circumference at the halfway point between the pole and the withers. And then uh, I divide it by the, the height. And then you get a ratio. And if it's greater than 0.68 in ponies, it means they they have a propensity maybe to have a little higher insulin circulating in their system. And that was a study done where they correlated insulin uh, levels with the crusty neck score. So you can also do that to kind of keep track of your pony's um, insulin. And, you know, if maybe they might 
be heading down a metabolic disaster. So anyway, um, I thought that was really interesting that they integrated the Cresty Neck score into this study. And the study overall shows a lot of promise when we're applying this muscle atrophy scoring system to the neck, back and hind regions. But I think the one of the take home things from this paper and from just our conversation this evening is that knowing what's normal for your horse is so important. Um, even when it comes to things like muscle atrophy or muscle symmetry, because muscle symmetry can also be a guidance. So looking at the hindquarters of your horse as they walk away from you, they may be more muscles on one side versus the other. And that can often make you evaluate, okay, well, what's going on with their movement? Is there some sort of lameness? You know, they're obviously not weight bearing as much on one side. But a neat way to look at that as well is you can use a little bit of like white tape and just stick the tape either side on the rump. And then as they're walking, just watch and see if you've got symmetry and how that's moving, or if you have changes on one side. But knowing what's normal really is the big thing. And I think as well, when you consider, you know, if something happened tomorrow and I couldn't go out to the horses, do I, is there someone that knows enough about them? Um, that they could step in and they'd be able to take over. Because I think that is really useful for having in place, especially in bigger yards, you know, having this information written down so someone can step in and help out if necessary. Yeah, that's a good point. And I love the white tape comment you made because you do have to have a good visual and, um, you know, that's an excellent point about the white tape. And then also, um, the only other thing I had is that the, um, there's a good crusty neck scoring chart that goes from one to five, anything over two or under two is healthy over two. Huh? You're kind of getting too much of a crest there. And then the, uh, as I said before, the uh, muscle atrophy scoring system just went from um, one to four, one being zero atrophy, four being quite a bit. So, and it's typical for senior horses to have a two and, and be losing a little bit unless you really have them in, in good controlled exercise. So. I'm, I'm just to add at the end, I'm not sure if I said the author's name at the beginning. Oh. I have a niggling feeling that I didn't. So this was by A. Herbs et al. And it's a 2021 paper. It was just published in June of 2021. So this really is a new kind of charting system that's coming into play and will be built upon. So I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more about this um, over the coming years. Yep, I think it's a useful tool. And you know, we anything like this that's measurable and visual, I'm all for it. Because sometimes, especially with blanket season in the winter, and sometimes, um, you know, we just lose track of, of the changes the horse's body is making. So uh, I think anything that's measurable it is good to use. Definitely. And I know sometimes it can feel overwhelming because 
when we talk about something, you know, there's always that feeling of, oh, another thing I have to do or another thing I have to look out for. But when you get comfortable using these systems, it is just as simple as going out and looking at your horse, rubbing your hands over your horse. It becomes second nature so quickly. So don't be deterred by something that's new, a new kind of format or a way of charting health, essentially, in our horses. Because the more familiar you get, the easier it is. Did you see the one comment they said um, the uh, the neck, the larger the neck was, then the less atrophy. And I thought, oh, my pony's doing really well. And <laughs> still, at the very end, they go, unless there's a crest. <laughs> yeah. Then you got to go to the other chart, you know. So. That's the stipulation. <laughs> yeah, so, but anyway, this was a good paper and uh, I'm going to put a link for everybody that wants to download that chart and then also just have a look at it and uh, make some notes and assess your horses. And then maybe at the end of winter in the States, go back and do it again, or maybe uh, at the change of seasons, if you're in a warm climate now. Um, before winter sets in, you know, go ahead and assess and then you kind of have a guide for the uh, winter months. Perfect. Um, And just to note as well, we're looking to build on the research that we did. I wanted to say last trimester, last season, I guess. (laughs) Um, So we're looking for about 20 listeners to participate in an online survey. If you've already participated in it, then that's great. Um, If you haven't, then you can find that on our homepage or on our social media pages and on LinkedIn. Um, You have to be working with horses in some capacity or be around horses to be able to participate but other than that it would be great to get you involved in some of the research sounds good and thanks kate for mentioning that and i'll also put a link on the home page brilliant and then that's all i had for this week did you vent into add nancy nope that's it and uh we'll see everybody next week lovely take care okay bye-bye